Uh, Roger, I know what your problem is. I figured it out, and I well, please I, do I, tell. I, well, I'll, I'll wait till after the intro and all that. We'll kind of tease this, but I, I know what your problem is. Well, so. I, it's it's true, sure you know I only have one. So okay. <laughs> I didn't well. say there's only one. Oh, I just well, this will be one. the major Thank you for one probably. To the Fields Brothers so. show. Well, as the intro indicated, yes, this is the Fields Brothers Show, and uh, we're here to uh, to do our podcast. Appreciate you being with us and joining with us. I'm here with my older brother, Roger, and we'd like this just to be a conversation and just, um, we haven't said this for a while, but I think I used to say it every now and then, just to kind of pretend we're sitting around a table at Cracker Barrel talking, and uh, you, our listener, are uh, sitting there with the table at the table with us, and uh, we enjoy that. So we enjoy talking about the grace of God, how that applies to our day-to-day lives, some other things that are considered a little bit off-topic maybe, and not all that spiritual, but that's okay. We could even but say we it's enjoy like this being here. a Cracker Barrel in the wintertime in front of the big fireplace, sitting playing around. Playing checkers. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be kind of cozy, the, the little, wouldn't it? The yeah. little game with the tees on does, the thing. Doesn't get any better than that. Okay, uh, that little game on all the tables with the golf tees yeah. on the triangle. Yeah. I'm assuming, I mean, you should be... I never an play. Expert I don't play. That. I don't. I do not do trivial little games like that. I don't do it. It just doesn't interest me. It's like a Rubik's cube that has no. It just doesn't interest me. You have never tried that. Oh, I, I'm sure I did years ago, mm. and I did. I probably did it first time, you know. <laughs> but I mean, I, I do. I really. I haven't. I've not even noticed it on the tables recently. Do they still have that. Oh yeah, as of a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah, they still have. Yeah, honestly, did I did I notice uh, it? I guess we just just slid over to the end of the. And time a month or two ago, took one of our uh, grandkids there, just Teresa and I and a grandkid, and I and I was teaching a, a grandson how to play the tea game puzzle really? thing at Cracker Barrel. So you so, have kind of a pattern that you do. That well, no, I mean I've seen them before, but I, I, then I forget what they are. You just so explain no, the rules. Just, yeah, just to explain okay, the rules yeah. and all that. So that that was kind of a, a momentous occasion of yeah. Teaching a, a grandchild how to play the uh, the tea puzzle <laughs> Raise game. Raise them right. That's right. So. <laughs> Defeat that. We can deal with puzzle. the less important stuff uh, later on. So, oh boy. Okay. But um, okay. I, I know what your problem is. All right. You know, and I really like. I kind of like that format. You know, you started it. You know, every now and then, you would. You know, at some point in the podcast, you would say, "Okay, Jeff, I know what your problem is," <laughs> and then I used it on you last time or a time or two ago, and um. Um, yeah, you know, I think that could be. I mean, it kind of already is, but yeah, I, I think that's a kind of a good reoccurring tagline for us. I know I, what your I problem mean, we is. We could do that for because I have yeah, a whole list of things on you. I could yeah, do. I mean, well, we could I mean, cover at least for a couple of years. But obviously, you know, you know we're we're doing them as a as a you know to illustrate what aspects of life in Christ that are misunderstood and false accusations and false teaching that goes on in the name of christianity today and all this so i know what your problem is roger your problem is you are not sold out to god okay you got to be sold out so i mean we're talking 100 percent. so and i'm going to read something here in a minute so ralph harris was the inspiration behind this but yeah you know, you got to be sold out. Well, that's a I problem mean, already. Ralph came up. No, with it, no, we, we like Ralph. Oh, we yeah, like no, Ralph. You're no, just kidding. kidding. Yeah, either. So, but he, uh, so anyway, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you what he posted here. I don't know if you saw this or not. If you think you have to be sold out, quote unquote, if you think you have to be sold out to, to God in order to be a good Christian, let me stop there. For, okay. Let, let's talk about it first here. So, so if I say, Roger, you're just not sold out. I mean, okay. you're not, I'm probably you're, like, you're just 80 
Maybe point on a good a day, maybe and a half maybe the high eighties on a good day, but you know you might dip down into the seventies or even sixties <laughs> yes. on some days. So you're not sold out. So what if, I mean, we actually do hear that type of talk, you know, yeah. that, you know, we need to be sold out for Jesus or sold out for God. So what's, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with telling someone they need to be sold out for God? Well, here's the benefit of it. The benefit of it is it's a great way to get people to feel shameful, guilty, let them feel like they're not doing enough. So if you Help need motivate them motivate them, maybe temporary, it doesn't work for long-term motivation, but for a little temporary motivation. Um, that's good. A good way. You like need ex- extra helpers on the nursery committee, yeah, or yeah. Well, you're something not sold like that. Out. That's right. Yeah. If you were sold out, you'd be willing to leave and go down there in the nursery and help out and do your part. <laughs> but you're obviously not. Sold, you're not giving enough money. You've not been on a missions trip in over a year. You've not. You know, you're not sold out. You've not shared your faith in six weeks. I mean, you're not sold out. Yeah. I mean, I can see where. That could be helpful to somebody trying to manipulate other people, though. Did I, we'll get back to this thing. Did I tell you about the comedian I saw that had the little thing about working in the church nursery? I even forgot who it was. No. But uh-uh. it was funny. You know, church settings are just so ripe for all kinds of comedy yeah, and one-liners. Yeah. But he was talking about where, and the, my favorite part of what he says that he, working in the church nursery now, you know, you have a, a little piece of paper or name or something when you pick up your kid. Then you know that shows that you're you're authorized. You're authorized you're to get the kid. Yeah, that's and he important. says he, and, the right parent, yeah. or the right adult, and, uh, get the kid. He yeah. says, and I stick to that. He said, I, I said, you know, if they don't have the piece of paper, I tell them, I'm sorry. You know, you, you, your you, kid. you knew the deal going in. <laughs> <laughs> My very reliance says, the best I can do is one of equal or lesser value. <laughs> <laughs> that's very funny. But anyway, okay, so you got to be sold out. So. So I'll read what Ralph writes and we can comment on All that. Right. But it's, okay, he says, ahead. if you think you have to be sold out to God in order to be a good Christian, then you must assess and judge yourself, not according to what Jesus has done for you and how you live by faith in him, but according to what you must do and how you live by faith and how you live by faith in you. To do that, you'll need moral measurements and estimates to determine your authenticity, devotion, and progress every day. And then he ends with this, and you'll miss the joy and pleasure of God in giving you his son for all of your days. Right. True. I mean, that's, when you tell someone, if I tell someone, okay, you need to be sold out. You know, if I just, a passing line in a sermon or something, you need to be sold out. What that does is, that's the same as telling everybody, you need to focus on your own progress. Well, and the line he said there was pretty profound. You you kind of went through it pretty fast, but... He said that you have to have faith in yourself. So really, it's yeah. faith in me. I'm yeah. doing well. I'm sold out. I'm a hundred percent. I'm a great. You know, I'm a disciple. I'm a real follower. I'm a true believer. So my faith is what well, my faith is in me. It's my faith. It's my yeah. performance. So it's not just that faith in your faith. Yeah, it's faith, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just that my performance is great. My faith is now is not on Jesus. My faith is in my yeah. my performance. Yeah. And it's, and then then the ending here, you know, it's not, and the real sad part of that is, and it says, you'll miss the joy and pleasure of God in giving you his son for all of your days. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, we miss out on that. It doesn't produce, you know, for one thing, it's it's sad that what it doesn't produce, and then we miss out. It doesn't produce, produce the fruit of the spirit. It doesn't produce the life of God. You know, it's really his faith in us. And so... Anyway, I thought that was pretty good. So, so somebody asked me, Roger, are you sold? So ask me that again, Roger, am I sold out? No. Roger, are you sold out for God? No. 
But the gospel is Jesus was sold out to us. Yeah. And that's he was sold that's out the, for me. He was obviously yeah. sold out. So and so there you go. Oh, um, a few I, so that that's that's where we'll start with that. I've got a few random things that may or may not uh connect together, but I kinda like this. Keeps things moving and all that. I heard a good phrase from uh, Lynn Hiles. Uh, Lynn um you may not remember. I've quoted him before. Lynn Hiles, really good teacher that I enjoy. And he's in the more in the old style Pentecostal thing. We talked about that before, but one of the interesting things about the whole teaching on grace and new covenant is you can find it in almost every denomination. I mean, it's like every denomination has its grace teachers for lack of a better term, hmm. you know, more formal Presbyterians or in this case, a, a Pentecostal. That is interesting. But it? Um, kind of it really does. I think yeah. to a large extent, it, it really does. But, um, you know, you've talked about their phrase that, um, you know, God's not mad at you anymore. Mm -hmm. Just a simple phrase to kind of communicate. Mm -hmm. This is kind of along those lines. His line, I love this, says you're not in trouble anymore. Yeah. You know, that's that's one that's of the great. messages of the cross. Yeah, it you're is. Not you're anymore, not in trouble anymore. You're not in trouble anymore. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you look at it that way. How, <laughs> many, how many believers, if they were honest, yeah. think they're in trouble? You know what? Let me tell you what happened. You kind of remind me of a story that just happened over the uh, last weekend okay. at a wedding. And we had a couple of boys that were a little bit, they were a handful, you know, and they were probably <laughs> like eight and six, something like that. And so first of all, they were here at the, um, the, the, uh, rehearsal. And so, uh, and, uh, they, I wanted to give them something to do. So I took, we have an arcade machine, you know, that's actually in this room, you know, where we do the podcast. And so I took them with the arcade machine. Hey, so you guys want to play this? And I said, Oh yeah, let me get you some credits. So I opened the machine up and I give them like 50 credits, you know? And uh, so they thought that was great. And, they were playing, and I was leaving. I thought, yeah, I'm going to let them know where the swing's at, too. I can tell these boys are going to need activity, okay? <laughs> and so I came back and said, hey, have you guys seen the swing? Because we have a pretty cool round swing kind of thing. I said, no. And uh, so would you like to see that, too? Well, yeah. And so as I was walking over there, one of the boys said, you know, thanks for working with us. And I just thought the way he delivered that line was just the cutest thing. Thanks for, like, we know we need help, you know. And then the next day, they got in some serious trouble. They got into my office. And what, so and how I, old are these boys? They're probably eight and six, maybe. Okay, I wow, guess, something okay. like that, you know. Um, and so, and what I'm got on my computer, and we caught them on camera. Lori, so Lori calls me, "Hey, you got a kid in the, a couple of kids in your office," and, and so that does not sit well with me, you know. So I get in there, and they're already <laughs> gone, but then I said, "So you guys are in my office," and they're like, "Well, they were, you know, they were not forthcoming to admit it, you know." And uh, so they were in trouble. So, so they were in trouble, yeah. So <laughs> I took myself, look, we go. So I took them to find the, you know, their, their mom. And then they, and she was pretty rough on them actually. But then after a while, I thought, you know, they did not mean any harm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was a real scare to me because I didn't want them, you know, like I have dot loop open for real estate and there's some documents. I thought <laughs> if they start pushing buttons, they might have like are sending out contracts or something. You know, I don't know. <laughs> and so, uh, and they didn't do anything like that. But anyway, I just thought, you know, it was really innocent and, um, so anyway, we we all I came up to last said we all good oh yeah you know and uh, but anyway you just don't really think of that so um, what so what so how's that tie into you're not in trouble so where they were in trouble they were in so, trouble but you know okay. what they after we kind of you know they weren't in trouble they were for a minute so do you think you handled that differently than you would have five or ten years ago yeah I, yeah I did yeah. it kind of struck me so too. what would have happened five yeah. or ten years ago with that um, well, I wouldn't have made, like, I, I would have chewed them out more and then I would have taken to mom and dad and made sure they chewed them out. And then later on I would have glared at them, I guess. I don't know what I would have done, 
But you know, it's uh, yeah. I did find I did find myself a little more so understanding. You mellowed a little bit. I've mellowed. Yeah, whether, for sure. So whether yeah. it's old is it, is it old age or understanding of grace that's caused you to mellow? Uh, honestly, I think it's it's it may be some old age too. But I think yeah. it's the understanding of grace. I think it does make you easier on other people yeah. when they. Hey, since you mentioned the, I have a question for you. <laughs> since you mentioned that different denom- all denominations yeah. seem to have their grace teachers yeah. uh, in there, so tell me the difference between a denomination and a franchise. So I'm guessing you're thinking they're very similar. There's I'm a lot thinking of they're real similar. <laughs> you mean, know, it's interesting that, you know, each, I mean, there's so many denominations, but if you boil down the major one, just kind of like they each find one thing that they latch on to. Yeah. That, I mean, it's an interesting question, that they latch on to well, as kind of, this is the truth that other other denominations are missing. Right. Well, it's like, okay, so for instance, McDonald's. Well, you know, you go to McDonald's, you kind of you know, know what, what you're going to gonna get. Yeah. It's all kind of the same stuff. And now I think there are varieties within denominations, but for the most part, you know, they have a corporate office. You're supposed to okay, so serve what the corporate office gives you to serve. If you're McDonald's or Burger King or Wendy's or whatever. Okay, one similarity in the corporate corporate world you have corporately owned businesses and franchises well so if so churches are more structured where the denomination actually owns the real estate yeah and it is kind of corporately or then you kind of have the franchisee model yeah where each local congregation is still tied to the to the main office but it's locally owned or or you have like a local restaurant that's not tied to any just a local mom and pop locally owned restaurant you know, you don't know what they're going to serve until you get in there. You don't know what they're going to serve seafood or not have seafood. You don't know what they're going to have. I mean, you don't really don't know. We what, talk about the sign, can't you? What, well, not know. always. I mean, it's like, like we have a cottage cafe. Well, you know, okay. we can't tell by that what they okay. serve when you go in there. You, but you know, we, we know locally, but you don't know until you go in okay. the first time. Okay. All right. And so, and so, like some community churches are kind of like that. If it's kind of a nondescript name that you can't tell, and if it's not tied to a particular dom- denomination, you don't know what you're going to be served. Or a lot of them, yeah, that are tied to a denomination don't put it in the name anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. that's true. Some of them that are tied so don't put it in the name. They kind of right. hide their, their they franchise. They do, oh, yeah, for sure, you know, yeah. which is different. But I don't know. That just kind of struck me, you know, that, that, that there's a lot to be. You're, if you're a... You know, if you you could be if you start a church, you could be in the have a Baptist franchise. You might be able to get a Methodist franchise. You probably have to have some. Way to There's have the you heard you remember the term of, a, uh, the takeoff on the term entrepreneur. There's a pastorpreneur. No. I mean, that's, that's kind of like, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of similarities there too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of young guys that are going to, you know, I mean, it's a lot of parallels. An entrepreneur yeah. that's going to start a new business and has this idea and yeah. super motivated and gather people around him to start this new company, yeah. entrepreneur, or be a pastorpreneur. Yeah. To where you, yeah. you get, and there's, I mean, I saw another one pop up on Facebook, another new congregation starting here in Lexington, going to start yeah. meeting for the first time here in a few weeks. And, you know, so I look at their website. I enjoy looking at that website. I mean, it's all, it's, it's pretty much all the same of what everybody else is starting up. Almost yeah. every new one is. The new ones in particular that are not, there, there's a lot of blurring among them to some extent where they, I mean, they all kind of look the same now. You know, they're all to make oh. disciples. They're all to. I've tra- I traveled you know, for 23 years yeah. <laughs> doing events in churches of all denominations. And structurally, they may have different nuances in what they believe, but structurally, there is so much similarity. It is amazing how much they're alike. So anyway. Okay, quick thing before we get to some more serious stuff. Um 
last time or a couple podcasts ago full disclosure we record two at a time we probably mentioned that time so sometimes when i say the last time it for us you and me it's the last time we got together but it may be two weeks two right. podcasts right. whatever uh, I, I told you about your new favorite golfer mm-hmm. uh tom kim he actually won last weekend by the way huh. i've got your yeah, new i gotta year. see that next time he's on television give me a call i will watch golf to see that well um yeah golf season is kind of in the on the you know kind of winding down now so some of the tournaments are because it's winter there. they can't go to like hawaii and well do they, the do, golf but they don't want to play golf i mean basketball you can play basketball all year round, but you don't want to yeah you know, what basketball sport is a real months. sport you get worn out there. golfing is so, these people okay. play golf for for recreation yeah, i've got it uh, okay no i mean i was okay i thought that was a, actually a valid point but go ahead all right so a uh i get your new favorite professional basketball player okay who's that just because of the name He's a French basketball player, young guy. He may still be a teenager. French basketball player, but he's playing in the D League for the NBA. You know, the, the D League, the, yeah, the developmental league. It's kind of the <laughs> there. There's kind of a minor league. They don't call it a minor league, but it's kind of the minor I league. No, they had a develop. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. they called it that. Oh yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, that's that. You know, high school players now coming out. That's one of their options if they're really good. Instead of if they're not quite good enough to go straight to the NBA. But they don't want to play for college. They can go to the D League. I didn't know. And, that. I mean, there's different teams that are lined up with. They play in different towns, cities in America. Yeah, and, but you know, you got to you know, it's they don't. You know, they might make a hundred thousand. I don't know what the ranges are in salaries, but they don't make anywhere near what the NBA. But you know, each team like is tied to a for baseball. Yeah, it is. Yeah, each each team here. is tied to an NBA. Anyway, get me off right, topic here. All right, okay. They have a French basketball player. His first name is Steve, but he spells it with double E in the middle. That's a little odd, but whatever. You know, S T E E V E. I'm is thinking it, about doing that. Change his, the spelling to my to Roger, name. just add an extra letter no, I might in there. add it like a P to the front or something. Just to make a silent <laughs> letter, you know, K like Kroger. Anyway, his last name. So he's from France. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand the French language. But anyway, his jerseys are really selling. He's And he's playing for a D-League, but okay. his jerseys are really selling because of his last name. Right. It's three words, but that's actually his last name. Right. Three separate words. First word is H O. The second one is Y O U. The third one is F A T. His last name is Ho U Fat. Ho U Fat. That's his last name. That's huh. what's on the back of the jersey. Steve Ho U Fat. Yeah. So on the back of the jersey is Ho U Fat. So you well, might want to might want to pick you up a jersey. Huh, here. I don't so, know. If I'll be getting the jersey. Um, on a different line, Hubbard heard a couple things on the you know Prodigal Son. Everybody, I mean, there's no end to the good things we can learn from that whole story yeah, of the, yeah. the Prodigal Son. A couple things. Another one from Lynn Hiles pointed out. And I don't know if I've heard anyone mention this, but he said, think about how the Prodigal Son smelled. You know, we always smelled. hear. He comes from pigs, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, right. we always hear the touching story, and rightly so. The father running out, and we hear about him, you know, that he, the fact that he run, ran is, you know, a little different in that era, and, and shows him humbling, you know, the father kind of, and then hugging him and not even letting the, the son finish his confession speech. and yeah. speech and all this yeah. stuff and tell him out there. But I don't think I really thought about, okay, you're hugging him. He might have smelled horrible. Yeah. Well, but he's not, but that, there's a good, I mean, there's a be- beautiful thought to that, that, you know, yeah. we don't, we didn't smell that good either, I yeah. guess, to the father. Well, that kind of reminds me of a little thing I was going to bring up. But the other, well, let me finish all this. Right, then we'll right, go to go that. But the other thing I, I read on this is the question on Facebook, uh, who did the father have to punish to accept the prodigal son? Who did the father have to punish to accept the prodigal son? And the answer is nobody. I mean, yeah. I'm not talking about the family yeah. camp later on. That, right. that was a celebration, but in right. order to accept the prodigal son because you know that is kind of a common religious type of viewpoint of the cross 
that God was punishing Jesus and right. taking out his anger and venting on the son Jesus in order to be able to accept us and love us. And that is a very different view. You know, that's a punitive view. That's a very different view than a, than a curative view, that God was in Christ. The Father was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. So, you know, he, he didn't have to punish anybody to love us. Well, he okay, was rescuing you, us right, from That's true. From I mean, do you think from, the cross yeah. was a punishment? I mean, a punishment for our sins or not? Not I, I don't know that I would no, I don't think I would catch it as a punishment as a legal type of uh, sentence carried out. I think it was I, I think it's more accurate to compare it to like a um, a medical procedure of um, one of like chemotherapy or radiation. I mean, like a chemotherapy that would kill anybody. You know, you have cancer and you need chemotherapy, but we can cure the cancer, but we'd kill you if we gave you a strong enough dose of chemotherapy. Mm-hmm. Where this was a more on the, I think the curative line that it was um, freeing us from sin. I mean, it, it was punishing the sin, or is, the wrath was taken out on the sin. Um, not in a sense of that he didn't have to do that to love us. Well, no, he didn't have to, I mean, absolutely didn't. I mean, John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he mm-hmm. gave. So he the love from God was already present, mm-hmm. right? I guess here's here's my question. I mean, that's something I was actually going to bring up. Um, a lot of people struggle with the idea that if something happens to them in the, in life, that they're being punished by God, okay. and a lot of people fear that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people fear because of what they've done in the past. They're like God is eventually. God's going to punish them. They're all they're kind of braced for that. I mean, I know people really, really struggle with this. Um, and they think something's going to happen, and they're always kind of looking for it. Or if they've gone through something in the past, they thought, well, maybe God was punishing me. And we kind of, in some sense, we kind of laugh that off a little bit. Yeah, well, you must be being punished by God. Like, for instance, when you came got Came up your, on the golf course yesterday. That phrase came up on the golf course yesterday. Okay. Well, it's like when you get lightning mm-hmm. struck your chimney. Yeah. You know? I thought, well, you're getting punished by God for something. Because <laughs> most of them don't have lightning strike your chimney. But we kind of laugh about it. But a lot of people genuinely struggle with that. And I think, and maybe you correct me, maybe I'm wrong, but I do believe there's a punishment element of the cross where you could say to somebody, you know, God is not punished. The punishment's done. All the punishments already happened. There is no punishment left for you. God is not punishing you. I mean, don't you think that's well, a valid? I, I, I'm still not. Honestly, I'm still not comfortable with the. You know, the, for the wages of sin is death. But that's not. I think that's the consequences, not somebody that it needs punishing. I mean, think about how if someone wrongs you or a child or these these two boys, you know, yeah, uh, they're in your office. Um, did you need to punish somebody else or did, you know, I'm, I'm not putting all this together quite right, but uh, anyway, I mean, it gets into pretty deep stuff, but well, I mean, uh, I, mean okay. I, I still right, don't think me, I would see it as a punishment. Okay. But. And I'm not sure that I just, let me, uh, l- let's see the, um, okay. Isaiah 53. Okay. Um, surely he has borne our griefs, carried our souls. We esteemed him smitten, uh, stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Uh, upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. By his wounds you were healed. Um, I mean, it doesn't say the word punishment. Yeah, I mean, I still see that as um, not, they're not punishing this. It's, it's, the wrath is not poured out to the individual. Mm-hmm. The wrath is poured out to the to the disease or the condition. You know, the of the individual. Well, it might be so, wrong. I mean, I have to that, think about this so. one more. But but it's um, and I may look into this. But 
you know, I think that the cross is a solution for people that are always braced for punishment from God. But that is, I mean, that, I mean, that can be a game changer too. I mean, cause it's, that really does change how you view God. Okay. God has to punish everything. But he was know, in Christ. Point. I mean, in a sense he was taking right. the punishment himself too. Right. Um, but even then to, to realize, okay, God didn't have to, I mean, he, the idea of punishing is the idea that he needed it to happen. Well, no, I'm not so sure of that. Him. I'm not so but sure I would say. Like a lot of people would. Yeah, though, yeah right? I wouldn't, I wouldn't that, go that so. far. I wouldn't say that God needed it. I but, think in a way we needed something dramatic, even somewhat, I don't know, maybe violent, just something, some really, some real graphic event to get it through to us that God has taken care of every transgression every sin every problem we are now free to have a relationship with god because all of that is no longer an issue it's all been nailed to the cross it's all been crucified it had a very violent end and it's over mm-hmm. i mean does that make sense or yeah not? yeah i mean yeah i mean yeah the i mean we need to wrap this up but i mean i'll, I'll end with this phrase and i don't think we've talked really close to this you know we've talked a lot and we mentioned in the book on this side of the cross when, when we wrote our book breaking the hex life with god after the cross killed religion when we wrote that, we kind of the phrase on this side of the cross really kind of jumped out at us, or that that became yeah. we kind of realized okay, this, we're talking about two sides of the cross. I don't think the phrase I'd heard this uh, this way as I saw on Facebook is the living side of the cross. So this side of the cross, oh, that's is the, good. The yeah, I like side. that. This is the living side of the cross, and so the old covenant was a ministry of condemnation of death, according to Saint Corinthians three and other places. And that was kind of the the dying like side of that. the cross. That's, that's, that's the dying good. side of the cross. This is we're on yeah, the living the li- side. Well, of the, cross. the living or the life side. You have the, you yeah, live on the yeah. death side or the life side. Oh, I like that. We Every can, now and then, Jeff, you <laughs> you really come up with something well, that I I think now that's why we got you on this podcast. We'll, we'll make that our grand finale, and um, just you know, between now and the next time, you work on being sold out. Okay. Okay. That's, that's all I'm asking. So. All right. I'll, I'll, <laughs> Oh, Jeff, I need to tell you something. Okay. Um, I'm now on TikTok. I thought you already were. I not thought you told really. me that a month or two or three not months really. ago. Not really. No, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on TikTok now. So you I'm and the Chinese in. are just right yep, there together, yep. huh? I'm, I, it's, uh, it's, called, it's Roger Thomas Fields. The Chinese are probably listening to this podcast probably, now because you're on TikTok. They need to be following me. They might learn something. <laughs> but it's, it's a real mix. It's an eclectic mix of some grace thoughts and real estate. A little bit of Kentucky stuff maybe in there. So who knows? It's, it's a real, it's a mix. But well, I've been uh, learning uh, about TikTok. I went through a class on TikTok this week, and it is by far the biggest now social network. It's actually, Until the next one comes out. Well, it may, it may be true, but right now <laughs> they've won. I mean, it, it's amazing. More people go to TikTok than go to Google. Do you know that? Bigger than no, Google. No, I, I mean, oh. So anyway. <laughs> oh, so, good for you. <laughs> So we're going to see how it goes. It's going to be fun. 